A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. It's brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, Dan Moylan with you here with Michael Normanson and Rob Conlon as well, as we do propaganda for the, the Brentford game. We have to do these. Um, in for a penny, in, in for a pound. That's where we are now, isn't it, with this show? It's group therapy, this part of it anyway. And we can. I mean, we can't, well, we can't guarantee laughs, can we? But we try our best. Mm, yeah, no laughs on the average scores this week. No. It, it must be said. We've we've gone look keep here, haven't we? Uh, yeah, collectively, I think Graham YP did he give you enter two or was he, it three? Yeah, it was a two. Yeah, generous by yeah. our standards. Well, let's just explain what this is about then. So the average scores we get these from our TSB Plus members um, on the feedback form. They send us a score out of ten. That's ten is the scale zero to ten, mm-hmm. and we are totting these up as the as the season goes on as well. So we'll be able to track the candidates for Player of the Season as we go in real time, which is thrilling. It's like the algorithms are doing things, isn't it? Very technical. Um, we'll bring you an update on the latest standings on Player of the Year towards the back end of the show. But first of all, let's do the scores out of 10 for a 5-2 defeat. Do you want to do the good, the bad, or the ugly first? Sinistera out at the top. The, by, on, the only player to get more than 7. With by se- a distance. 7.24. Yeah, respectable midfield performances from Rocker, 6.5. Tyler Adams, 6.09. Yeah, Luke Ayling got 6.67. Yes, he did. And then... We need everyone else, yeah, fives, whatever. Not great. Until we get to Diego. Well, Cody Drame, uh, Robin Cock, Melier, Aronson, Harrison and Strauch all got between five and six. Pat Bamford, under five, he got 4.81. Mm, I guess, the, I guess we, the, um, the chance is fair enough. He can't really have any complaints after clearing that one. No, he's being punished for that. Diego Llorente, he plays for United and he scored a... A 1.15. Out of 10. Out of 10. 1.15. It's going to take some beating this, isn't it? it Hopefully, really, anyway. It really, really is. I mean, I, I actually went into different averages to try and see where he landed on other things. Do you remember the mean, median and mode from oh, school? So this is full maths lesson, isn't it? So, so mean is adding, add up all the scores, dividing by however many which is there what are. We, which is what we do. Which is the standard way we do it. The median is when you take the middle, the middle value the middle value from all your results. So, so yeah, if there are 11, you take the sixth one. Yeah, so it means if, any, it means if anyone was like giving him a 10, they're gone. That is... Which is it, how they kind it, of... It removes extremes of values. Yeah, it's what they do with the diving, isn't it? Like in the Olympics and stuff like that. They take off the lowest score, the highest score, and just go for the ones in the middle. Oh, is it? Yeah. There you go. Didn't know about that. Um, on that, he got a one. And then mode, which is the most frequently... So the most popular answer. The most popular answer, the most frequently given score. On that, he received zero. So the most popular oh, score out of 10... There you go. ...was zero. Yeah. So does that mean somebody gave him like a five? Just a few, people, a few people gave him four. Right. Which, I mean, 
I can only assume that they're just trying not to destroy him that, entirely. That's very English media, isn't it? Where you go, you start on a six. It's impolite then, yeah, to give anything. Anything lower than a five is <laughs> an absolute disaster. I mean, yeah. it, to, to be fair, it was, wasn't it? It was It was very poor. Uh, on to Jesse Marsh, um, scoring under four for this one. 3.98, which is not great, is it? No, uh, the red card probably not helping matters. Although, I mean, we'll cover it in Heroes and Villains more than anything. Some people do like that he's doing this. Right. But then some people not. Dave Good amongst them. Right, okay, we'll find out about that then in uh, in due course. Uh, we do need to say Rob Jones, the dickhead ref. Uh, it Moscow who typed that, I think. I believe so. Uh, scored it's slightly lower than Diego Urense. Mm. I mean, we've got, we've got no previous emotional ties to Rob Jones, have we? Whereas we have with Urense. You know, we, we have... He's on our team. He's one of us, even if he has really annoyed us here. Yeah, and on the he got point, um, he got zero and zero using the other averages. But his score methods. was not point nine three. Not point nine three. Not point nine three for. So Russians. somebody gave him an all rightish score, right? More so, than he deserved, anyway. Right then, let's unpack it. Let's do um, let's do the bloodletting and make ourselves feel better. Like we said, let's treat this as group therapy when we lose and a celebration when we win. Um, there's good to be had from all of it, is what I'm saying. We'll start on a message from John, who was just frustrated at the whole thing and, and sent us that through through the club. I think the overarching sense is that of frustration at the minute. I think Jesse Marsh is obviously frustrated with the officiating in England, which hasn't been great over the last couple of games and couple of weeks. VAR is a piece of shite, like we all know it is. And I think he's, un- although he won't admit it, I think he's got offensive frustration with the transfer window. I'd love to see what he finally thought of, what he honestly thought of the transfer window despite us not getting a striker, which we all fucking know we needed. And I think the team and the fans are a bit frustrated with the play playing style at the minute as well. We seem busy without being dangerous. In the, in the first two thirds of the pitch, we seem to, to be great. But just when we get to the opponent's area, we don't seem to have a clue. What do you reckon? Onwards to Forest. What do you reckon, Michael? I mean, you're a married man. Um, are you frustrated? <laughs> hey, etc. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think I can see what he means. But, and I mean, Jesse did let slip a little bit, didn't he, about the um, the transfer window? Whether he meant to throw the club under the bus or not, I'm not sure. But the way he was, he basically insinuated that James had to leave for us to sign anyone, didn't he? The not looking dangerous things interesting because we actually did we did look pretty dangerous against Brentford. I thought when we, when we scored twice, um, we should have had a penalty. Bamford should have scored. So there's yeah, there should be four goals in that. That should be enough to mm. win a game, surely. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said on the match ball about it being a classic case of a Premier League game that gets away from you. Mm. It could have gone either way, you know, based on that first 20 minutes, half an hour, but as soon as they got the noses in front and we started chasing it, mm. you then leave yourselves hideously exposed at the back and they just, well, kept scoring for fun, didn't they? Because they've got a, a competent striker. Yeah, I'd, um, I didn't see the game live, so I caught up with it on Sunday night. Obviously, I knew the score and I was expecting it to be a lot worse, to be honest, when I watch it back. I, I thought it was going to be an absolute shit show from start to finish but you you went to the rugby didn't you because you you were you well you blogged about it actually so it's the best place to hear hear your story Rob. yeah and it, and it includes the famous commentary from Mick Morgan doesn't it it does so it's always worth Which a watch like, I can't speak I can't speak get him <laughs> off the field if, um, you are, if you are one of our new American viewers listeners welcome welcome if you want to, if you want to understand what Yorkshire's about that is yeah that's a, a very clip. good introduction to yeah. how we all are um, <laughs> but yeah the, the game itself I've I, mean, I suppose you've got to ignore what happened in both penalty areas, which is kind of the problem because mm-hmm. that's how football games are won and lost. But actually we did a lot of good stuff and there is a bit of a recurring theme this season where the games where we have more posi- possession than the opposition, we tended to struggle to break them down. But actually I th- I thought, like you said, we did create a lot and we did a- lots of good things, but... 
It's is almost it? it's almost like we need a striker just to finish mm. him off, isn't it? Or maybe even a left back to you know. Or is it no? <laughs> You're dreaming. I know, I know. Let's hear from Bobby Eyebrows. I like Bobby Eyebrows. I think we heard from Bobby. Uh, was it in the wake of the Chelsea game? Mm. Just got a nice way of expressing uh, himself. Oh, afternoon, Bobby Eyebrows here. Uh, we absolutely, uh, oh, I can't fucking speak, but we absolutely gifted that big-eared goblin <laughs> fucking win today. Fucking hell. Lorente is a fucking liability. Fucking everything about today was so frustrating. We played relatively well. Got fucking beat 5-2. Fuck's that about? Fucking hell. Anyway, <laughs> we're still going to win the league. Ah, come on. <laughs> I want to know exactly where Bobby Eyebrows is from. There's a hint of North East in there, isn't there, in the sense that it's like maybe sort of whip north of Whitby area. Yeah, a bit of, bit of, maybe very up towards Middlesbrough or something. Yeah, mask that kind of neck of the woods mm. up there. Let us know where you're from, Bobby Eyebrows. Yeah, and Tim follows this up on a similar theme, suggesting that Urente wants turning into glue. And that Brentford are a weird, creepy little club. <laughs> <laughs> Fair uh, enough. And doing better than us, aren't they? Uh, right, on to um, Jesse Marsh then. Uh, a number of people commenting on, on Marsh's uh, behaviour, his reactions, his overreactions. As you said, some people like it, some people don't. Michael, where are we with this one on the spectrum? Me or, or Dave? Either. <laughs> Let's listen to Dave. He don't like it. I know everyone's going to get on the back of Lorente for today's mistakes, uh, and I get that. But what's the manager doing getting himself sent off at 3-1 with three breakaways? We're really, really bossing that game. We're going really, really well. He's given every player the opportunity not to take responsibility for what they're doing. The energy just drained out of the team when that daft get went and got himself sent off. Can someone tell him it's not about him? He's not on the bloody pitch. Man's an arse. I have sympathy for both sides of this argument. It didn't help anything at all, did it? And it did prove to be a bit of a dis- distraction. Mm. I mean, Andy from Salford suggesting that it was uh, it was a blatant attempt to take attention off the fact that he picked the wrong defence, made the wrong subs, and has created a team that constantly give away poxy fouls. Mm. But equally, I was pissed off at that as well. You, from all the replays, you know, it feels like we're trying to have it both ways a little bit, that we're all annoyed at that, but then you can't be annoyed necessarily at Marsh having the same feelings. Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I, I find it hard to care too much either way, to be honest. I, I do, part of me does wonder when... The team is looking frantic and the game is getting away from us, whether it's the smartest of things to do. You know, Diego Lorente does not need any more excuse for madness. He needs someone to tell him to calm down, really. And I suppose if he's looking over at the touchline and his manager's going mental as well, maybe that's not what he needs. But at the same time, I don't know. Jesse loves it, doesn't he? It's he's, he's what he's done wherever he goes. I, well, I, I, Chris, like, um, Chris Nethan... Um, gave us a tweet actually on this saying he says Marsh reminds me of every youth coach here in the States they like to yell at refs here to make up for their own lack of skill and preparation which is possibly a bit harsh it's a tired act here but part of the culture Phil used the word performative more than once referring to the Phil Hayes show that's exactly it it's annoying Mm. I must admit I find it a bit much the thing is if he doesn't get sent off he probably gets away with it and I don't mind it half as much but the fact he got sent off just and he's been essentially trying to get sent off for quite a while is what it, is what it feels like. He's like one of those. You sometimes see a player doing it in a game, don't you? And they're like, they almost seem desperate to get a book in. And he's he does that. He's like, charges around there, just upset about things. And I mean, in this game, I suppose he did have something to truly get upset about. Yeah. Whereas, like, his, what, his grievance was fair enough, but it has been coming. Hasn't what it? was he annoyed about at Brighton? I remember him bouncing the ball into the floor. I can't even remember what caused that. It was. I think he wanted a free kick for one of ours, or mm. they got a free kick or a booking or whatever. I mean, on this one, you can see that it was a penalty. And it wasn't looked at for some reason. And the ref then followed it up by giving Brighton the very, not Brighton, mm. 
Brentford of the very softest free kick of the game within seconds of them of them breaking with the ball. And as a as a complete picture, that was ridiculous as a little as a little moment in the game. And I think having already had VAR look at a penalty, almost almost desperate to give them a penalty at one extreme of it, and then refusing to look at ours. By any standard, VAR has had a very bad weekend. Yeah. Like everything has gone wrong with it. Well, we need to say very clearly as well, so we can't be accused of being bitter. It's not the reason why we lost. It just makes everything worse, it, doesn't it? It didn't help though. No, it didn't help. And yeah, moments turn games, don't they? But even still, you can't defend like that and expect to get anything out no, of the game. No, you can't. You um, absolutely can't. Um, and which brings us on to Diego Juventus. <laughs> um, God, 1.15 out of 10. Let's hear from uh, from Billy B. I remember when we signed him, Real Sociedad fans all said that he was really good for them in the first season. And then in the second season, he got moved to play left centre-back and he was terrible. And as a result, he was, they were all happy to see the back of him. Is that what we're seeing with him now, do you think? That he's just really, really uncomfortable playing on the left side of a centre-back pairing, which brings us full circle, I guess, to sign a fucking left-back so that Stroik can play left centre-back. It's almost like the solutions are relatively obvious, isn't it? <laughs> I, I do agree with it. Just returns to the manager things as well. It just occurred to me that if that had been Klopp on the touchline, he wouldn't have been sent off. No. Not at all. Um, so it's it depends if your face fits, doesn't it, I think, at this stage. Yeah. I think Marsh is not established enough to be treated with enough respect, mm. is, the, is the truth of it. And somebody, somebody screenshotted uh, Mikel Arteta as well, who spent the entire Arsenal game, I think it was at Man United, wasn't it? Um, spent the entire Arsenal game out of the technical area, just mm. stood on the touchline. Although referees are very particular about what you say to them. I know just even from playing like Sunday league level, you can basically say anything to them, but if you accuse them of cheating, they get really like, upset about it. It's like that um, clip of David Ellery with Tony Adams. Mm. And uh, yeah, he's sort of swearing in his face, calling him every name under the sun, and then he calls him a cheat. And he, he turns into his head teacher again and he tells him off and Adams <laughs> looks really sad. But yeah, I, I, with, with Lorente, it, it, it's been coming, hasn't it? I remember yeah. years ago I went to watch, it was when it was Osset, one team now, but it was Osset Town at the time. And it was about the first 10 seconds and someone was called offside and he turned to the linesman and called him a cheating character, straight red. Right. Like first minute of the first minute of the game, sent off. Remember really? that? I was probably about 15 at the time. It was a very long time ago. But yeah, it just, it was one of those things you think, Woo, that's interesting. <laughs> don't like that. Do you know what? It, it, I suppose it's one of those things, I don't really mind if referees are going to do this, but it's the application of it evenly across the league. If, if anyone has a go at you, you just send them off. Do it for everyone, which I don't think is the case. Anyway. More, more respect for refs would help, but then they should stop being such bastards, shouldn't they? Mm. So who else should stop being a bastard? You rent it. And let's hear from Matt. <laughs> All right, lads. Well, I guess we can kiss goodbye to our Europa Conference League hopes and dreams. I never really could warm to Llorente, and today really was just the final nail. Get Captain Coops back in as soon as, please. Also, Thomas Frank can fuck off. The way he chews that gum. Oh, insufferable. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Yeah, it is difficult to watch. If, that, if one of my kids were, were eating chewing gum like that, I would tell them they weren't allowed it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, Zach has been on then. All right, lads. So I've taken the last 36 hours to soak that one in. And the abiding memory I have of the match is actually the happiness that I felt as I watched Urente shit himself all over on top of the ball. Brentford streaked away to score their fifth. It's not cool to feel that way about your team conceding a goal, but I really feel like we needed a circuit breaker with him. I feel like we needed an exclamation point on the shot that he served up for us in the last 18 months. The madnesses aren't cute anymore. The dithering on the ball, the passing to his own teammates' wrong feet, the no-look passes, it's not going to serve us in the long term. And I really feel like we needed to have done a left back in that transfer window. Uh, it should have been Strauch in the middle uh, after what we've watched so far this season. There's no doubt about it. Thanks, Zach. There's a classic case of, uh, it's like the uh, the honeymoon period being over there, isn't it? You get into mm-hmm. a relationship and all the little things that you go, oh, that's cute, isn't it? She snores. She snores when she's she's just stopped <laughs> off. Aw. And you sit there gazing at her all night. Give it a couple of years. Will you show? Will you shut up? Show in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Snoring. Christ. Right, I'm going in the other room. <laughs> it's um, I've, I've been there before. Not I'm trying to think of it with players. I remember certainly with like with Warnock when occasionally he'd drag a result out and you think, oh fucking, hell, we're gonna have to have him for another. He's probably gonna get another month after this. And it's the I think he can't play in the next game, can he? Mm, after it, that, it feels like he needs saving from himself a little bit because yeah. all he does is spend all game stomping around and waving his arms in the air and chasing after officials trying to get the offside flag up or whatever. You just think, let the man chill out for a little bit. He doesn't need this stress in his mm. life because it's really not working for him. Yeah, plenty of stuff on him. We'll put some of that into um, Propaganda Extra for our TSB Plus members because we don't want the Urente family to be too upset, do we, with this this show? <laughs> Although Brooksy says, uh, what do you think Rob Price did with Urente's brain after he removed it? Do you think you fed it to him like that? Really after seeing Hannibal. Ah, oh, dear me. Fair point. Referee gets some uh, some gyps, so does VAR, uh, as you might expect. Any of, this, uh, any of this jump out at you? Or is it all fairly straightforward uh, bloodletting? I mean... I think misbehaving while bathing is a good name. And it says, should Jesse do a fatso the tub lord extraordinaire, which is Frank Lampard, I assume, and personally put a complaint in about this garbage refereeing standard and ask for an apology for getting sent off? Maybe so. Well, the, the Premier League have complained, haven't they? So it's actually gone. The, the big bosses have had a word, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, as a whole, VAR this weekend, it was just extraordinarily bad. I mean, we were complaining about it. And then actually you saw 
the West Ham disallowed goal and the Newcastle disallowed goal, and you thought maybe we should we should maybe shouldn't moan. This is those were even more ridiculous, and they were stopping actual goals being scored. Which it was interesting. Is, there was well, there was a Brentford fan who tweeted us over the weekend um, who listened to uh, to the match ball and pretty much agreed with everything that we'd said. Mm. It's like you know we we conceded that we we lost because we were just shite in defence and we couldn't finish our dinner. But just the spectacle that, that VAR has inflicted on football as a mm. whole. Um, so it's it's easy to just be a prick when you've won, isn't it? As we do. Just the amount of time it takes as well. It, you take it for granted now that football has these breaks in it, but it's shit. Yeah. It really, really spoils it. Like, it, regard, Even if you're watching a game as a neutral, even if it's not your team, if you've got nothing invested in it, just having a massive break while someone, first of all, in a TV studio watches frame by frame things happening and then... So a referee on the side of a pitch watches things frame by frame while someone talks in his ear and he watches it and he's clearly in, in his own earpiece kind of going, uh, well, is, there, is there contact? He looks at and there's someone in there going, I think there's contact on the left ankle. If you watch this back, watch this frame, watch from this angle. It's just shit. It's, it's so it's, boring. It's ruined the game, the flow of the game, hasn't it? I'd ra- you'd rather get that decision go against you in real time and be angry in the mm-hmm. ground and concede the penalty than have yeah. the three-minute spectacle where he's looking at every single... Well, has that stud gone on to that part of his car for it's just just give, know, either give it or don't I don't know a single person who actually goes to games who likes it no it's, it's every goal now isn't it you start doubting it you're going mm. oh is, is, oh, we're going to have to just wait and see now and then the opposite end of the spectrum there was the um, Coutinho at Villa absolutely smashed, smashed one in mm. the Lino raises his flag he's never offside <laughs> in a mile and then you can't even use VAR then so you can't even use what it's there to do which is overturn mm. an obvious error it feels like you can you can make what you want of a decision I mean I was going to put some stuff in uh in propaganda for some clips of other other fans who've suffered from VAR, but it was just too depressing and, and tedious to put in. But but you can you can see how conspiracy theories form as well when Chelsea are getting a really good decision on it. And it's interesting actually, again a clip I've not included, but a Chelsea fan said, "Oh, last VAR's gone for us." And I was thinking, "Hang on, <laughs> don't you remember? Don't you remember the Rudiger penalty you got at the end of last year against us?" And I think every it manages to somehow make probably every team feel hard done to in a way. Yeah. Like no, I don't think if you asked if you did a poll of who thinks they've done well out of VAR. I bet no one feels like they have because no. it feels like it only ever t- only ever takes away, and it just I just think it's if this weekend shows just get rid of it. I know it's the Football Supporters Association had done a, um, a had, done, had done a poll on it, and ninety five percent of people wanted rid of it. Yeah. So why? But it won't be listened to. You know, you absolutely know it's here to stay. I think when they do the um, semi automated offsides will help a lot because even if you disagree with the lines that the computer spits out, it's kind of it's done. It's it's relying on the technology properly rather than a dickhead drawing lines. Uh, which appears to be open to bias. Whereas if it's the machine doing it, then you go fine. You get an, an almost instantaneous decision, don't you? From mm. have you seen how it works? Yeah, it's very, constantly very vaguely. tracking all the angles. Because that's one of the things, isn't it? You what see, happens when it breaks? Though, like goal line technology does sometimes. Yeah. yeah, but it's about I guess the fail rate, isn't it? But what's the fail rate of referees? Mm. Whatever. And it was only Huddersfield who uh, <laughs> suffered with that over the weekend. So that's that's fine. Um, it's funny, isn't it? How when when games like this happen, how um, nihilistic everyone becomes and just wants, wants to tear down the whole thing. <laughs> Everything's wrong with the club. On a scale, this is Billy B. On a scale of shit to fucking shit, how do you rate the week from the board's point of view? Program notes, deadline day, shit show, and the general short-sightedness to not see the requirement for a left-back. We're on this topic again. Uh, if we had one, Strauch could have been at centre-back with Cock, and the Spanish Scott Wotton uh, could have been picking splinters from his culo instead of ruining our weekend. Mm. It was the result this week really didn't need, but it was so predictable that it was going to end this way, wasn't it? Because, mm. it's, yeah, it's been... a. Uh... It's mad because it, it's been such a positive start to the season, it's felt like. But this last week has just really cut through all that and 
made everything feel a bit crap, to be honest. And if only somebody at Leeds United had seen that coming, because it never happens, does it? Bloody hell. Um, Some positives, though. There are, yeah. I mean, loads, loads of positives. Josh Josh starts positive then it kind of it does, it does go downhill a bit but there's yeah. there's some more positivity after that let's enjoy the positive is it the classic shit sandwich then <laughs> yeah okay so i'm going to attempt to bring some positivity to the pod because obviously it's going to be very negative this week so uh if you take away their penalty and remove the two terrible unforgivable mistakes and then give us the penalty that we clearly deserved what you're left with is a glorious 3-2 victory away at Brentford. Even co- we'll stop the clip there. There we go. That's, <laughs> that's great. Coming coming back from behind. So that is amazing and puts us in a good position for the rest of the uh, season. I feel like there's a book coming. We're running out. There's only 10 seconds left on this clip, Michael. Is there a book coming? I think so. However, I'm not an optimist and we don't <laughs> live in that world. So Diego Lorente can take his fucking three left feet and get to fuck, you stupid prick. <laughs> Uh, what were you saying about being kind to your ends? There's not the worst. Of it. <laughs> is it not? There's more. There's uh, yeah, propaganda extra is going to have more hate behind a paywall, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly it's what the athletic do, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly what they do. Uh, Jim Cliche, then. All right, lads, it's Jim Cliche here. I thought that was a pretty good game. Is this one of your voices, Michael? Uh, yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm be almost certain he's not Scottish. <laughs> It just came down to who took their chances and who made the fewest mistakes. And you have to see on balance, Brentford deserved it. But I thought Leeds were in there. And on a different day, maybe a different result. Let's not get too panicked now. <laughs> Thanks to Mrs. Doubtfire for sending a, a message in. Let's not get too panicked, knee. I agree with it. It's like you spend all bloody summer being anxious about transfers. Now the window's shut. Let's just enjoy the football for a bit. We're fine so far. So far. So far. Are you worried, though? Mm, bit. Why? Because of all the goals we conceded. But what about beating Chelsea? And what about being mid-table? That was ages ago. Has <laughs> it, it all gone now? Let's hear from Chris. Well, it was good while it lasted. We've had our couple of good games. We've beaten Chelsea. You know, we were looking good. We were all really optimistic. And then we're now back to last season. And I can't see any way... If we carry on playing like this, where we're not going to be in a relegation fight again, which is really disappointing given we're only a few games into the season. And my optimism has gone from an eight or nine out of 10 that we're staying up in the league and going to do pretty well to now I'm pretty sure we're going to be in a relegation fight unless Jesse sorts the defence out because it was horrendous today. I'm not as worried as that. I understand the anxiety that kind of starts to seep in when, when we lose like that, especially shipping five goals, which was pathetic. But you'd assume that Cooper's going to come back in now for Juventus. We're playing Forrest, who are not, hopefully, as good as uh, as Brentford were going forward. So it's different horses for different courses, isn't it? Like the the pressing and all that stuff worked against Chelsea. This is sort of the, the positive of this season, though, is we have, all right, there are certain areas where we are, we are light on options, but we do have options to change things now of actual senior players that, play in those positions like Cooper to come in it doesn't have to be a huge panic like last season where you're thinking oh no who's going to play in central midfield or something like that and this is how this season's going to go we're going to play well some weeks and we're going to play not as well other weeks that's what we keep saying finishing mid-table is like like I think I was listening to the Phil Hay show yesterday you got to the end and you said we're ninth right is that where we are yeah like that's mad we're top half mm-hmm. that's really good I know it's really early but if you'd have said we're going to be ninth after however many games we've played Go, yeah, that sounds like a really good start to the season. But 
we everyone loses perspective, don't we, after a defeat like that? It's momentum as well, isn't it? Because it felt like it was going so well, and it does feel like it's. But but beat Forest, and you get that back. It's. I mean, it's very hard to get a, a grasp of our results this year, though, because like when we when we lost the points at Southampton, that felt terrible. But then they've actually been quite good since, and you think you know dropping points against Everton is a disaster. But then Liverpool go and do the same. It's just a really t- it's and a tight, and quite a tight have, division, isn't and it? Brighton have had a really good start to the seasons, and we never do well there. So you can think, well, that's sort of all right as well. And then Brentford, all sorts of madness happened. So you can almost, I think Brentford stands separate to the Brighton and Everton games because there was such a lot of mistakes in it, both refereeing and defensively. It's, I, I think it's still hard to quite get a grasp of it. Sir Richard of Castleford, which is a very good name, he, <laughs> he was concerned that we'd been tactically figured out and saying he thinks teams presented to the low block um, and then catch on the counter. And that does happen. But I do wonder if we have a proper left back, a better right back and a better centre back, if that happens quite so much. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's just, a t- I was going to say before when I was talking over you, so apologies for that. Just a tight division. There's a lot of mm. teams of a very similar ilk. And we won nine games last year and probably aiming for a, Winning ten or eleven this year, truthfully, that's all you stay, need, isn't it? To stay out of bother, that's that's kind of what you'll need. It's just that you'd lose a load along the way, and it's kind of uh, you have quite a lot of bad weeks. Yeah, I, I'm tired of being tired of the Premier League. If you know what I mean, <laughs> so I'm refusing to get too down in the dumps about this. Although it's a natural reaction after a defeat, isn't it? Um, out of the best of the rest, then before we get on to Player of the Year, I want to um, read out White Rose Wes again. Keep reading it as Rose West. It's not, as far as I'm aware, White Rose Wes didn't. See Leeds play this weekend. I must have been watching Championship highlights, watching Brentford put five past Hull City. Fair. Did you see um, which which team was it that temporarily named something the Rose West stand? Oh yeah, that uh, yeah, it was like Graham and and Rose. It was the Graham and Rose West stand or something, wasn't Mm. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was South End. That was it. Any more before we get on to Player of the Year? Then Uh, a bit of praise for Ailing, but we'll maybe save that for um, Heroes and Villains because he gets he, he he did very well in his brief period, even if his nose didn't fare quite as as well. And to player of the year, then the scores on the doors so far. This is just a quick reminder the uh, the ratings that our TSB Plus members have submitted for the players game by game. We put them into the spreadsheet. It tracks player of the year game by game in real time. Uh, won't read them all out. Gonna, we're going to put the full listings in the mag, each edition of the mag this year. So just have a look out for that. But in the meantime, top three currently Tyler Adams. It's the same top three, but they're just edging the scores down mm. and now. Uh, Tyler Adams in third place with 7.23. Aronson just in front at 7.28 and then Melier out in front at 7.42 with Jesse's uh, mark currently sitting. Uh, he's not in for player of the year because he's not playing, but he is currently scored at 6.13 out of 10 for the season so far, which I guess is about right when you consider where we are in the table and how mm. we've performed. It's been a little bit a bit sawtooth, hasn't it, the uh, the progress graph? I mean, on Melier, actually, John did pick him out for his uh, positioning at free kicks being a massive liability. Mm. Saying, and he also seen he needs to take more blame for the goal where he ran out of his box. Which I think he initially did well to be there and come out for it, just get it a bit further away. Yeah. A mate of mine who's not a Leeds fan texted me sort of taking the piss out of Melier because he'd just seen that clip on mm. Match of the Day and I had to make the point of like, yeah, but you, you, you don't know what he's playing behind really. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand. Of course, of course things like that are going to happen. Well, that's the Leeds half of propaganda then. Um, Brentford half Michael what's in store not a lot no <laughs> <laughs> there's a self here <laughs> do tune in though please do because we need the revenue <laughs> but we will we'll uh, have that one along in your podcast and video feed in a bit as well so stay tuned for that the square ball podcast small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.